0: Hi, welcome back to Let's Talk About Race, a podcast where we try and get into deeper discussions about race in America, rather than settle for superficial headlines um, and really divided politics. I'm joined here today with my friend Diamond Richardson and Maddie Hollyard, both colleagues at Harvard Business School. Thanks, you guys, for joining me.
1: Thank Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, so today's episode, I really want to talk about the idea of black identity, not just as a skin color, but a cultural and social means of self-identification. Um, I know that, you know, when we go on Netflix now, you have black comedy. That's a subject, you know, and you look about politics and talk about black voters. And I'm always very curious on um, how people identify with the overarching idea of being black in America as more than just, um, again, a skin color. Um, so one of the things I want to talk about, and you guys, you know, feel free to add in anything you feel, is the idea of... You know, what is a stereotype versus a, you know, area of uh, culture that you're proud of? So I guess maybe even before that, do you guys both want to give your take on what you think? uh, Like, how would you summarize black culture? Do you think black culture is a thing? How would you define um, black culture?
2: Yeah, I can start. I definitely think black culture is a thing of like specifically like African American culture right. and I think where it comes from is us not having a connection to our African culture so I feel like that's part of it I think beyond that it was like we my perception that we established our own kind of like norms within our community of like music and food and dance and all of these things that I feel like black people in this country started that we've just kind of carried on that traditionally weren't very big in pop culture, but now that's becoming a thing like with appropriation, which I know we'll probably talk about later. But I feel like it's just like a means of connection. So it's like when you see another black person, you're like, oh, I know you've you've probably seen this movie because like this is a movie every black person has seen. Or you
0: probably like- Can you think of a movie like
2: that? Oh, so many like Love Jones or like Love and Basketball or like Set It Off or like, even if you don't like the movies, it's just like, there are a lot of movies that are just part of like I, at least in my opinion, of the black experience. So it's just like you watch them and you know other people have watched them. So the joint experience of everyone having seen these movies is like part of it.
0: Is that something that like you're proud of that you take comfort in?
2: Yeah. Oh, I think I'm proud of it. Yeah. Definitely. And I think like that's like the arts and culture piece. But like at a more foundational level, it's just like a shared experience of like being like with one person in yeah. a room. Like usually you're like one of one of like two or three black people. And you just know how that feels. So it's an experience of not having to explain how that feels to someone else, just having someone else who understands Definitely. it. It's
0: almost similar to like like you said with the history of blacks in America, you don't have necessarily a country to connect to. But like I'd say for Chinese Americans or for me Persian Americans, similar mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like you have a shared history. Like you know what this is about. Yeah, Maddie, do you agree with that? Do you yeah, totally.
1: I think Diamond and I are also coming from pretty like specific perspective, right? We both lived in San Francisco mm-hmm. after we graduated, where there are. Like, almost no black people left, and yeah. I, I, you know, I remember walking down, um, like Mission in San Francisco. And if I see another black person, like, we will say hi to each other, it does mm-hmm. not matter if we've ever met, like, it's just because there's so few. Yeah. I think it is really about shared experience. I think that there are certain things, especially kind of at the point where Diane and I are, which is not representative of. Of you know the black community as a whole, there are tons of communities where you're not going to be the only person in the room that is a black person. That's just kind of where we are now. Um, but I think it is something about having that shared experience and understanding, kind of like the trials that you have faced to get there. That just it, just a mutual acknowledgement, which I find very healthy and and also sort of relieving. Yeah.
0: Um, now I have a few that I want to share that you know I've absorbed in you know pop culture in in, in my life, but. Can you guys share a few examples you can think of that you think are, like, facets of black culture?
2: Related to anything or, like, specifically, like, art, music, food, or, like, just... I guess I guess
0: let's start with pop culture, and then I think we'll get into the politics a little bit later. But, like, again, because I'm thinking about, on my perspective, I'm thinking about stereotypes, right? So, mm, yeah. I, I'd, yeah, I'd be curious what you guys think of and then compare that to what I see and kind of make the breakdown. It's like, okay, what things are stereotype? What things are real? Is there is mm-hmm. a distinction kind of, like... A tonal one is it is a personal one. So yeah. um, definitely, if you guys have any that you can think of,
1: so I think even before getting into specifics, kind of a baseline way that I look at this is you know is a reference in a movie or a song or something. One, if it's part of a black community, I mean, there in my opinion, you know, there is a little bit more leniency there for making you know jokes and making. You, know, you mean drawing if it's being created by, okay. it, by someone in the black community? Because it is, kind of, we talked about it, a, it's a shared understanding mm-hmm. and it's sort of referencing that. And in some ways, it's taking really, really intense and kind of dark situations and lightening them. Of course. I think that where the line gets drawn, in my opinion, is kind of on what the intent is and if the creator actually has an understanding of that background. So, is someone, you know, regardless of their race, like leveraging? You know, black culture um, for comedy as sort of a celebration of it, with the full understanding of what the background was that led to it, uh-huh. or is it just a joke without any context? And I think that that intent really kind of defines a line where you know, are you making this? Are you making this joke? Or are you bringing up this issue for personal gain? You know, at the expense of a topic or a group that you don't know anything about.
0: Does that stratify racial lines? So could a white person make a joke about black people that you feel is still like? appropriate that takes into account the culture or is it something that's reserved for the black community
1: i mean i think it depends on the joke i think broadly speaking it's hard it's really hard to do yeah. and i mean we didn't really introduce ourselves but i am mixed race right. so i'm half white and half black my mom is white and my dad is african-american and like there are th- even my mom would probably not make a joke about black culture part okay. of it is because she just feels too removed from it even though we are you know all a family now of and course. she has half black children But I think, and I I think it also comes down to personal personal preference. There are tons of people that would argue that that is way too, um, that's way too fine of a line. But I just think that it does come down to intent. Like, I think that if, you know, I have tons of white friends. If they were to make a joke about something related to black culture, and I knew that their intention was so good, and they also had the full understanding of, sort of the trials and tribulations yeah. that we've experienced, then I think that I would probably laugh. Yeah. But I would have to know where that person was coming from Definitely. first. I
0: think it's the kind of thing I have seen with like, it's not something like you would, yeah, again, it's very much like, do I know this person? It's a personal thing much more like you have to be, I think there's a lot of nuance that you have to be very sensitive to. Hmm. Um, can I play a quick 30 second clip and then we can go to your thoughts just cause I love this clip. And I'm sure you guys have seen it. Not this one, not this one, this one. No,
3: was running on CPT, which stands for jokes that white people should not make.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's obviously Obama making a joke about CPT, mm. um, and I thought that was really appropriate to what you're saying because, like, you know, it's it's something, especially in politics, where you have to be extra sensitive. It's something I was. It was his last year in office, and I think he was a little bit edgier, and it's it's really funny, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, that's a that's a that's pretty risky. I don't think you could ever be a white politician, even if you're like, you know, I don't know who would be a great example, but like, no matter how much you've done for the black community as a white person in politics, you just should not make that joke, I feel. Yeah. And so I think that this is a great example of kind of some of that nuance. I guess for you, what kind of makes that distinction between like when something is kind of being like an offensive stereotype and when... It's something that's like, you know, you agree with and something that you celebrate.
2: I, so I agree with Maddie about the um, intent, but I think I agree. The most important thing to me is the understanding. Mm -hmm. Like, do you understand that? the full context of what you are saying like to me the intent is important but like that piece is even more important so that's why I feel like honestly in most cases you should just not say anything like that probably sounds really harsh but I just feel like most of the time someone who's not black trying to make a joke about black people 90% of the time it just should not happen the only time I feel like I accept it or I give someone a pass is like a like if they grew up around black people and they like have had a black people for their whole lives explaining to them, this is how I feel in these situations and X, Y, Z, and this is what this means, then that, I think that's fine. But there are so few of those people who have like really immersed themselves in the black culture and so. feel like they understand it. So most of the time, I just feel like you shouldn't do it.
0: Well, so here's oh, yeah. what's really interesting to me, Maddie, because you say you have a white mom who, um, is white. Your mom, yeah. mother's white. Your father's black. So clearly, it's not that she's a racist, and I don't know what her experience is specifically with the black community, but it's something that you could argue that she's a very deep understanding and love for. But you say you'd still find that like she doesn't make those jokes, and you'd find that you know maybe inappropriate. So I guess like I would, I certainly wouldn't, if she
1: did, um, right. because I I think it's more her her own doubt. I think she acknowledges that there are even you know raising us and being married to my dad there are still things that she doesn't understand about having grown up there and the situations that we face and you know she faced them with us we had multiple you know when we were we used to live in LA and at one point we were trying to rent a house and when they figured out the realtor figured out um my mom went alone for the first session or whatever when she came back with us we were immediately turned away despite being told we could rent it and so we faced these things together but Mm -hmm. I still think that for her It's beyond just the things that she sees, right? She understands that there are certain things that we faced at school growing up in majority white communities or my my dad faces that she just doesn't think that she probably can speak to. And I think, you know, I think she certainly knows enough that she is a great example of someone that could make a joke like that. Mm -hmm. And I would laugh because she is such full context for these issues, but at the same time, I, even, even someone that close to it like still doesn't feel comfortable enough. And I get that too, because mm-hmm. I think they're you know, to Diamond's point, I can probably think of one friend I have that has spent enough time like proactively learning about the black community. To, that is not black blackening mm-hmm. to okay. actually comment on it. One.
0: I want to play this clip, which I hope is. Have you guys seen any episodes of Black Jeopardy on SNL? Mm-hmm. I've seen it. The You've one. You've seen it. With all right, Tom so Hanks. the premise is that it's like all the categories are related to black culture. and There's always two black guests and one not white, not black guest. This is the first black guest they had, but it's T'Challa from Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So he's very not familiar with American black culture. <laughs> <laughs> so chose the category white yeah, people. Let's try.
3: <laughs>
1: I think I'm getting the hang of this. Before I answer, a few questions. This woman, Karen, she is Caucasian, eh? Yes. She has her own recipe for potato salad, eh? Ah, I understand. It is noble that she would volunteer to cook for everyone. And although I have never had potato salad, of course, I sense that this white woman does not season her food. <laughs> and,
3: and if she does, it is only with a tiny bit of salt. That's <laughs> and paprika. No paprika. Right? No. And she will probably add something unnecessary like raisins.
1: So, something tells me that I should say. Say it. Oh, hell no, nah, Karen.
2: Tap- <laughs>
3: i'm so sad i've
0: never watched this there's Uh, one with tom hanks as a trump supporter which is oh my god yeah it's it's all gold but so let's let's talk about this example in specific so like Mm -hmm. soul food like black people seasoning their food more than white people these Mm -hmm. are like common tropes i've seen in comedy and you know I, i like i laugh at this i think it's it's really funny but so, like, in this example, like, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Is that, like, something that's appropriate? Is it, like, is it funny? You know, is there a distinction between when that joke can and cannot be made? That's These are the kind of things that I think are, like, kind of interesting to people.
2: So I find that hilarious. And I, I feel like this is where the distinction comes in. I feel like there's a lot of regional stuff, too. So, like, black southern culture. Definitely. Like, I'm from Texas. Right. So I feel like a lot of the stuff that actually gets into, like, the pop culture realm comes from, like, stereotypes about being black and living being from the south so like the whole thing about like soul food and like like a lot of food related stuff is related to like black southern culture so being black and being from texas like i found that hilarious but i can understand if maybe someone else doesn't but to me i think that's so funny and as far as like if it's appropriate who says it like i feel like like them saying it's fine right Right. they're black I, i don't understand why a white person would say that and make fun of themselves but the broader point around like if a white person were to make a joke around some other facet of black culture, like I just think it's, it's just the line is too fine. You should just stay away. Well, so here's a
0: question I've always had and Tarantino is one of my favorite directors and he writes all of his own scripts and his scripts are like really heavy with the N word. And you have always the, like, well, actually he delivered himself in Pulp Fiction, but for the most part it is black characters delivering that. So in a case, like say in this SNL skit, say it had been a white writer, And then black, you know, black actors delivering it. Mm -hmm. What if you have, you know, still a white person who's behind the inception of the joke or the scripts, right? But it's delivered by black people. To me, that's a very curious separation because then is it still racist? Is it still like not safe? So I guess in in this specific context, let's say a white person wrote this joke. Mm -hmm. Would that change how you feel about it?
2: I mean, for me, no. No? I don't think so either.
0: Okay, so then what what is it about – because you say if you're a white person, if you were to just give that joke as, say, a white comic, it probably would be a little different, you're saying. Yeah. So what is it about having, I guess, still maybe a black actor delivering it and a white person writing it is that there's some, like, conversation between them. They both have to sign off on it. Like, what is it that makes this okay where it might not be okay for someone to just make that joke straight up? I
1: think it's what Diamond said earlier, right? Even if it's a white person that wrote it, I think – one, they're acknowledging kind of the reality of the situation, but mm-hmm. there are two, by demonstrating that only black actors should deliver it, there is a, an understanding of the, the context. There's an understanding of where the joke came from. There's an understanding of the fact that this joke doesn't make sense if it's delivered by a white person. So I think that that level of understanding p- had to exist even yeah. for a white person to write it.
0: Okay. Now, Maddie, I'm very curious in your opinion on this specifically because I've always thought this a lot about, I think what you guys have expressed is fairly, you know, the common opinion I've encountered with black people. It's like, when in doubt, don't, and be, <laughs> be in doubt most times, right? That's, that's the rules that I've, that I've mm-hmm. most encountered. But for mixed race people, I'm curious, because it's like, do you guys know Jason K, the basketball player? Yeah. Growing up, he was one of my favorite players. I never knew that he was black and identified as black, you know, because his skin his is skin very light. light, he has a shade of head. So like, for me, that mixed race thing is confusing. And so in a case like you have Jason Cater or Blake Griffin, I'm just listing basketball players because they've higher celebrity in general. I guess like you could look at them and not immediately know that they're black, right? And so for me that's always kinda like, okay, then are we qualifying someone based on their skin color to be, you know, be okay to make a certain joke? And then is there some danger to that? Because then if we're making distinction based on race, isn't that working against some goal of trying to have everyone be on the same page?
1: Yeah, I think that I mean that's a pretty common argument, right? Like how important is, is visible skin color? I think that I had this discussion with someone in my class the other day as well. Um, it's It kind of comes down to just we're at a point right now where I think it is important. And I think it has been important for centuries in the U.S. And it is an interesting shift that we are seeing that in coming decades or centuries, it will become a bit more convoluted. But right now, um I think that saying that well we shouldn't be we shouldn't be making making these distinctions based on visible skin color is basically denying you know two hundred years of the fact that that has been how they've been mm-hmm. made and the repercussions for the fact that that has been true that that decisions have basically been made for people based on how they look to this point. Um, I think those are, still, I mean, those are still very, very broadly felt. But I do think at this point, as long as it continues to be a factor that determines how successful can be in this country, people can be in this country, it's it's going to have to be something that people are willing to sort of acknowledge and, and talk about.
0: Okay, and um, let me try and summarize and tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but essentially you're saying that race is a factor, so we can't act like it's not just because we wanna have certain yes, conversations. Yes, 100%. Okay, yeah. Diamond,
2: yeah, I also have a lot of thoughts about this Okay, so Sophia Ritchie is half black, right? right? Halsey is half black. So you always hear, especially them, I was talking to my sister about this, coming out in the media saying stuff like, I'm a black woman and I hate when people tell me I'm not. So I have mixed feelings. Like, yes, I think how you identify is a very personal thing and you can identify as a black woman. But I think to say that you have the same struggles as someone who has a darker skin tone is just like lying. Like, I think that is really lying. And so I agree that like the visible piece of it is still important. And even within the black community, there's colorism. So,
0: You're saying black black, people against other black people? Not
2: even against. It's just like if you're a lighter-skinned black woman, your experience is very different from someone who's very dark-skinned. Like I have it much easier than people who are very dark-skinned because you're seen as less beautiful within your race, but even outside your race. So I just think to not acknowledge that means, again, you miss the context and you miss the point. And like that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If you don't understand it, then you shouldn't talk about it.
0: Did you guys have a chance to read the story about the NYU dining hall?
1: I skipped it. Oh. Just about yeah,
0: so I'll just Black I'll History just read the Month quote. Menu. Yeah. yeah, during yeah. Black History Month they had a menu, and on the menu was ribs, collard greens, cornbread, smash yams, mac and cheese, and they had red Kool Aid and watermelon flavored water. And so to your point, Southern Black culture's soul food is very much a thing, right? And I think that reading this piece, it wasn't the food parts that were offensive; it was very much the drink, which is you know Kool Aid, and these are very like kind of entrenched stereotypes kool-aid and, and watermelon so i guess for both of you guys do you find this offensive and can you imagine a context in which it wouldn't be offensive i know that was a lot of the, questions the
2: southern yeah okay so my issue for me the distinction here is who organized it was it a group of black students who said we're going to make this like traditional soul food menu and bring this to our like classmates or was it someone else like the the dining services people who organize the menu and say oh it's black history month we're going to do this and i feel like the reason that's important is because if i choose to do it and bring it to my colleagues it is me like as a celebration of my culture with the recognition that i also like a lot of other foods and i know that i like a lot of other foods if someone does it for on like on my behalf I feel my feeling is I'm being reduced. Like I am being reduced to watermelon and Kool-Aid. Right. Whether or not that's their intent, that's how I feel. And I feel like people see black people in like this monolithic way. It's like, oh, they like Kool-Aid, they're always late. They like watermelon and they dance. And I feel like the distinction between who brings it, that's the difference. It's like when I bring it, it's a celebration. When you bring it, you're reducing me.
0: I want to talk about like, I guess, naïve. I'll use an example. I have a friend from Vermont, which I don't know the stats, but it's definitely one of the whiter states um, in the country. And he's a very sweet guy, you know, never would intentionally be offensive. But his knowledge and his context on black people is very much from pop culture. I don't think, I think he maybe knew one black kid in his whole high school. So in the context that he's trying to be sensitive to a culture, what I've seen and from a lot of kids from my college, which is in Vermont, is that rather than try and broach the area, they'll just ignore it entirely. And I think that for me, I would rather that there be a conversation and you try and learn about a culture rather than be like, I'm worried about offending someone, therefore I'm just never going to learn about it or address it. So I guess like, what do you think would be the best case scenario for someone, how they should handle a situation which they feel that they're being stereotyped offensively? The person might not be, you know, doing it intentionally.
1: I mean, it gets gets back to kind of the first point we made about historical significance. So whether it's the food or even, you know, black music has a ton of historical significance, not even ranging all the way back to slave days. I mean, jazz was a black creation, right? right. Like, I think it's great to be able to celebrate those things, but without understanding, you know, why they are popular today, we don't have that linkage. I think that's when it becomes um, appropriation. I think that's kind of the word that we're, we're dancing around, right? But if, if your friend is trying to use something from, that has been traditionally sort of a, a from black culture and has no context for why and is sort of using it to his value without really any appreciation or attribution of of how it came about and, and why it's important today i think that's where the line is drawn into the question of would i address it yeah i probably would but i think that's very case by case like i'm pretty forward i'm pretty yeah. direct person well, i'd so probably it's... try to t- like tell him about the history of it in a yeah. non an angry way but there are for every one of me there's one or two people that would just prefer not to and that's fair too because it's also it's not always on you you. right Mm -hmm.
2: yeah I guess I tend to be more on the I think Mm -hmm. it was the former of what you said like I wouldn't come at them in a negative way what I expressed earlier is how I feel but I understand that the intent was probably nice so I would just say hey like I know you were trying to do the right thing here is why this was problematic like and maybe it wasn't the whole thing was just like certain parts Mm -hmm. of it were problematic I would just come at it like that I wouldn't be angry because i agree with you you don't want to shut down the conversation but i mean to maddie's point like i feel like there's so much of this research you can do on your own so why is the onus always on us to explain everything to you Uh you know what i'm saying like
1: would you would you take the step to bring like i mean i know he asked if you brought it up to them what would you say but would you go oh go talk to
2: them yeah Yeah, i would and i'd be i would because i i think I care about people who I feel like are trying to do the right thing. If you're blatantly trying to be rude and disrespectful, no. But like in this case, they were probably trying to do the right thing and it just was like poorly, it was just like a poor decision.
0: Yeah, poorly executed. But-
2: it does bother me that it feels like we're always having to explain. You can do so much research on your own. It's like black people are looked to to say, here's what's right and what's wrong. And if we don't say it, then you are just getting like, a free pass to do whatever you want, which is frustrating sometimes. That
0: actually is a pretty good segue into one of the categories when <laughs> I want to talk about the black community, you know, and I think that you guys have both given you know individual responses to how you handle them. And you've acknowledged that these are varied. Other people might have different reactions. And so I want to talk about, did you guys watch any of Kanye's recent, you know, interview on TMZ? He said a variety of things. I think the one that's making the most waves is basically saying 400 years of slavery basically felt like a choice, you know, being he was like, it's all y'all, it's so long. And he came under, I think, in most people's opinions, a pretty deserved backlash from pretty much everyone in the rap community, the music community at large, everyone in general. And so in this case, it does feel very much like there is um, kind of a unified... Black community and i went to a jamie fox talk earlier and he was talking about when he was up for the oscar for ray oprah gave him a call and she's like this moment is bigger than you this moment is about the black community you need to like get your you know basically get your shit together because he was partying and like he was on every headline in that case is there someone that decides the rules so to speak on what is okay and when what is not when is it okay and so in any of the examples again you know dining hall or, or making um a joke on snl like you guys think that you're looking to a community at large do you ever feel like you're out of step with might be the community at large um I'd be very curious in your thoughts there mm,
2: so my thoughts about this are that i think if you're in a position of power you have a responsibility to the black community to basically like not act a fool in public okay. like even if that's how kanye feels he should not have voiced it publicly
0: and you feel that responsibility is something that is white people don't have i don't and that's
2: my opinion yeah but i feel like this is something where a lot of people not everyone but a lot of people do feel similarly that it's it's more than about you like like you said oprah said it what you do is paving the way for other people and you're either making it harder or easier for other black people and like what are you going to do kanye is making it harder for the black people right now and whether or not he wants that responsibility as a black man you have it so i think maybe he feels burdened by that he's like i don't want to have what I say be burdened by having to represent people, but the reality is that it does. And so, people who are ignorant to that truth, it really bothers me, yeah.
0: I agree. Um, I wanna play one clip. Now this is from, I forget her last name, Candace Owens. Do you guys know Candace Owens yeah, at all? Yeah, um, <laughs> He's kind of like a regression, yeah. Um, I think, cause so I, think so I know this. So she was on with Kanye when he went TMC Live. Yeah. Right, so I mean, I've, I've said
3: this over and over again, that I see that there seems to be this ideological civil war breaking out in the black community. Um, For me, I'm getting very tired of the victim narrative, and I totally respect the feelings of people that live that. I respect your employee that just stood up and said, like, this is what we're going through, these people wanna hurt me, but that's the reality that he's accepted, right? Um, The truth is, in any situation, take away black, white, no matter what happens to you in life, if what you're doing is you're looking backward, you are never going to go forward. If you're reliving things that have happened to you over and over again, it makes it implausible that you're going to be able to go forward and move forward. I didn't live through slavery, right? I, I, um, obviously, I, I feel deeply for what my ancestors went through, but they went through that so that I have this opportunity today to make something of myself, right? To not see myself as different than everybody around me. In many ways, I feel the black community is is going backwards, that we're we're literally going away from what Martin Luther King dreamed. He dreamed of a day where we wouldn't have these things and say, because I'm black, therefore I must think this. Because I'm black, therefore I have to um, subscribe to all of this.
0: That was most relevant part. um, But what was interesting to me about what she was saying is the idea that she was basically making the argument that you shouldn't have to subscribe to an idea or be in line with what is the uniform opinion just because of your skin color, which I can appreciate if you want to say that the, the end goal is to end racism and have everyone be their own individual and individual thought, then you shouldn't want to say, you know, Kanye, you have to, you know, not be yourself. But again, this seems very much not the common narrative. Um, so I guess I'm curious, what your guys' thoughts on that? Do you agree with anything she's saying or, or why do you disagree?
1: I mean, I fully disagree with what she's saying. And I think that her point makes it sound as if she what she said, I don't, you can't keep looking backwards. She makes it sound as if, you know, black people have are focusing on skinned knees that that, that don't heal. I mean, this point and her points in general completely discount the institutionalized nature of all the things mm-hmm. that minorities, not, I'm not even talking about black people anymore, just like minorities in the U.S. face. And so for her to say, you know, I've made something of myself that's amazing, but I don't I actually don't know her background. I don't know what opportunities she's had open to her, but, you know, whatever she's doing now is not open to poor communities that are, you know, the results of redlining and however many other policies that have kept people of color in poverty-stricken areas have kept them going to prison at extremely high rates. And I think that her her entire line of thinking just kind of discounts the fact that these Pathways continue and opportunities are not open to minorities in the same way. And until that is, until that is addressed, um, I mean, this like, it doesn't really make well, sense. So let's
0: yeah. um, let's remove her specific points and let's think more about like her what she's saying being generally out of step with what I think most Black Americans would agree with. Um, I guess who is the arbiter on you know you say a responsibility right to the Black community or Kanye has a responsibility to the Black community as a Black celebrity. Who is the arbiter on um what is correct then and what his responsibility entails well
1: and, why why does there need to be an arbiter though doesn't can't people just sort of decide i'm kind of looking at this like if right. you translate this to u.s politicians i mean in the same way you know, barack obama aside they're generally white males people at the individual level kind of are the arbiters for their own thinking?
0: I guess the way I take it is when I hear, like, the word responsibility, I think more of the individual's relation to the community. And I think because white people are the majority, they don't have the same responsibility to their community because they're not marginalized to their skin race so or their, the, the color of their skin. Um, and so I think that when you – Being any minority, and I think black people have a particular um, legacy to contend with in America, but any minority, you're more prone to stereotypes just by virtue of being a minority. And so I think that your responsibility is larger to your community um, because your experience impacts other people greater than if you're the majority. Why I think they're arbiters is because in some sense, almost everybody in the black community is an arbiter because they feel Kanye's actions and words are impacting their experience. And so that's where I'm curious what how you guys contend with that idea of individuality versus obligation to broader community.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a hard, that's a very hard question. I think I tend to fall where I said earlier about having the responsibility, but I don't think having a responsibility means that you have to think a certain way. Like I don't think there's one person saying all black people need to subscribe to these seven views. Right. I feel like you're allowed to be an individual and have an opinion, but I feel like that kind of stuff just is just blatantly wrong like there's a difference between saying something that's your opinion and saying something that's blatantly wrong and even candace owens even she's not saying anything as crazy as kanye but like what she's saying she misses like the context of like institutionalized racism that maddie just talked about like you can't even argue that's an opinion like that is a fact so i feel like when you have these people who come on here who fox news loves and make these like oh like black people are allowed to have their opinions and the black community shuts down divergent opinions like no, I feel like what they're saying is like legitimately just wrong. Yeah.
0: And I agree, but to play devil's advocate, how can we discredit someone like Kanye talks a lot about growing up in Chicago and facing gang violence? So you could argue that he's seen you know, the way out. And so why do we feel so confident in saying that your way is the wrong way? Let's forget slavery comment because that is, I think, just objectively <laughs> yeah. wrong. But like looking at his other things, I think yeah. the general message he's trying to say is what we've been doing has not been working. Let's try a new path. I do understand part of that, which is like, if you don't, you know, kind of change things up, then you might become victim to the same thing. And so, in that context, is it inappropriate for him to suggest something that we might find really, you know, offensive or incorrect? If his intention is basically like this isn't working, you know, we have to try and address this differently.
1: No, I think especially right now in the U.S. political scene, it's important to take the slavery comment aside. The sentiment. Yeah. at, at um to really consider it because i think that as we've seen in the last election there's tons of people that think of many races for whatever reason things are not going the way they wanted and there's there's a pretty sizable black population that voted for donald trump right and i think that was surprising to a lot of people and i think oh you know time and time again over the past few years what we've learned is like we really shouldn't be surprised by things and we shouldn't let ourselves get to a point where there's so few voices that when when something happens that we couldn't predict we are surprised so i think that why i I don't really agree with his sentiment i think the way that you phrased it which is something's wrong here i don't know what it is and his way forward is probably not the right way but that sentiment that something is wrong and something's not working and he's angry about it i don't think that's that's something that should be discounted because i have a feeling that probably resonates with a lot more people than the three of us sitting here
2: totally agree and i think like he so i i agree with that i think he shuts himself down by saying the crazy stuff mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. you have to build social capital in the black community yeah okay so if you really want to try to have this new way of thinking like if you want to say the democratic party is not doing a lot for us that's an opinion like you could argue either side of that if kanye tries to argue nobody's going to listen to him now because mm-hmm. he said the slavery thing so it's like everything you say has been invalidated at this point so i understand your perspective and i actually agree with it but i think building social capital within the black community is very important so you can have that like stature to say that kind of stuff that may go against the traditional grain. But like they these two, like they don't have it. Like they don't have the people don't respect them.
0: What do you think would give someone that social capital in the black community?
2: I think Oprah if you look at Oprah, I feel like Oprah's a really good example. So people mm-hmm. have she's had like mixed reviews amongst black women. Like I think now people really like her, but like if you look at her like career to date, people have been like, oh, she, you know, she doesn't really do a lot for black people. She mostly is in the white crowd. And then she goes back and forth. But I feel like she's never gone so far left that you would just completely discount her. Mm -hmm. So I feel like even if you want to be like, Oprah's not going to be in like girl's trip act. You know what I'm saying? She's not going to be in a black movie, whatever. That's not her style, but she's still, when the time comes, sticks up for black people. And like, if someone asks her how she identifies, she's very proud to say she's a black woman. I feel like that kind of stuff is like developing social capital. She is not, I pick her as an example, because she hasn't always been the most like, oh, I'm black and I'm out here right. kind of person, but she's still, like, I feel like we still like, oh, Oprah represents us, like, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Well, one of the things that I've said, and you know, I'm curious if you guys agree with this, but there, Michael Jordan got a lot of backlash in the 90s because he didn't come out in any way politically and people you know kind of thought he had more of an obligation to the black community to speak up especially that was you know during the crack epidemic and there was a lot of things that the black community needed to address in my opinion i kind of think that it takes all sorts and we can't all be you know uh, obama we can't all be michael jordan i think that the end goal is is broad and so i think the means to get there are abroad i think that by staying out of politics michael jordan was able to become like an icon like there is no celebrity that i feel has godlike status the way that michael jordan does like it is just unreal like how he has transcendence you know basketball and sports and so when you have the biggest icon in basketball i would argue in sports ever be a black person i think that has a tremendous power that maybe he wouldn't have gotten if he had acted in a political fashion and so i think that sometimes we have to keep an open mind as to what people's individual means are for trying to progress you know a community agenda you guys agree with that at all Yeah, I mean,
1: I think an example that resonates a little bit easier for me, just because I'm more versed in it, is Beyonce. I mean, I I think that the way that she has presented herself, and again, I mean, I'm sure you can find ways to discount this, but over the course of, like, two decades, she has basically just been, like, grace, right? She's just been graceful and poised and professional, but also extremely... Fiery, right? She's just amazing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. She's fierce, but so she is, I don't think of her as benign, I guess. I don't, Mm -hmm. I, even though she has not been politically active and vocal, I don't necessarily think of her as, as, you know, tempering her views or, or tempering her blackness even. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is an interesting way to think about it as well. Like symbolically, what does she mean for, for women? And I mean, for populations around the world as a black woman, and if she had, come out saying whatever she believes earlier more vocally like she probably wouldn't be as powerful so i think there's there's some trade-offs and i think you know obama gets that criticism too that he wasn't as vocal for for black people and he wasn't as you know angry as he probably deserved to be but you know would he have gotten here without that so i don't know i mean it's it's tough it's an internal negotiation i I would imagine I
2: feel like people think – there's, like, multiple ways to have an impact. I think what the disagreement is, like, with the people you guys were talking about, like, Beyonce and Michael Jordan, are so iconic. Would they have gotten there? If they were more vocal, like, probably not. Because I feel like white people need to like you, right? You can't be too, like – Yeah. You can't be too much, or they're going to be like, oh, no. So I think that's one path. I think some people feel like that is, like, selling out. And they're like, I'm going to go the more, like, path where I'm, like – super black power, very proud, but you could argue you don't have as large of an impact. Yeah. But I don't I don't have an answer to that, but I do think it's interesting, and I feel like a lot of it's just like ide- ideologically, like what do people believe internally yeah. is like the best way to make a difference? Because you could argue that like, or some people do believe that selling out, like if you're Michael, in Michael Jordan's position and you're not taking a political stance, like you have sold out. Uh-huh. I don't agree with that, but that's what some people think. Yeah. I
0: think, I think, um my the reason you know I want to talk about this and it was a realization i had that i thought was interesting is that we at the at the same time we want to be an individual you know i am diamond i am maddie i'm Cameron, and we want to be respected as an individual at the same time we are proud to subscribe to a number of groups you mm-hmm. know i'm a harvard business student i'm a black woman <coughs> i'm an athlete i'm a persian you know we have identities mm-hmm. that form us but we don't want to be defined by any one group you Mm -hmm. want to be defined as an individual so i think that it that is where i think the ultimate confusion lies for people who don't have that experience is Mm -hmm. that they're like well what's the matter you are proud to be black you do celebrate black culture you know you are a black woman why is it wrong when i categorize you as that it's because that is part of my identity Mm -hmm. is not the entirety of my identity and i think that that's where i've tried to have that conversation i think that was um they're they're basically you know contradicting ideas i am both you know part of a group and and similar to people in that group, but at the same time, very much my own unique individual. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I I think that I love to have these conversations because I think all too much the conversation gets marginalized to a few figureheads and they're Mm -hmm. now speaking for an entirety of a race. I know you guys have to go. We have about five minutes. Um, I'd be curious if you guys were to try and do one thing right now to improve the conversation um, about race in America, what would you do?
1: I would force more conversation. Um, and I think that it doesn't need to be people taking extreme views um, or people defending their views. I would force, force more conversation in like a question and answer framework. Um, I think that there's a lot of people like the, the, your friend that you mentioned that are super positively well-intentioned, um, but just don't know, don't know, don't know anything. And I think that if you can somehow get people to ask, ask honest questions um, of people's experiences they don't understand, that's kind of the first part. So I don't think it's as much like teaching. Um, I think it's being willing to ask and then having someone be willing to, to openly talk to you about, about that. I'm done for you.
2: So before I came here, like literally like 30 minutes before, I ran into like one of our classmates and he was saying he posted this New York Times article. Do you remember the one about how like black men even if they come from middle income backgrounds oh, are like yeah. more likely to go into poverty. And there was this one guy who called him and was just like, I just wanna hear your thoughts about this. So instead of just like commenting on his posts, he called him. and they had like a 45 minute conversation. So I thought that was like very powerful. Cause I feel like yeah. so much of these conversations happen in the comment section of like people's posts on social media, which is terrible. Cause it's just, it just gets so ugly. So I yeah. feel like I would really like require that like, anytime you want to like, post an opinion about something before you share that opinion you have to like call the person have like an actual conversation with them and you have to listen for half the time and then they have to listen for half the time and then you can give your opinion but not before we
1: did something similar when i did um in my in my section at school where we were sort of talking about people's racial experiences and one guy that this white guy that really had no understanding really felt like he had no understanding reno raised his hand and said i know it's a really naive question but like why are we at a point in society where race matters because i don't think it should And I think being being open and vulnerable enough to ask that question because you know that you're not going to get attacked, Mm -hmm. right? Like it is there is some responsibility. Like even if I think that that is potentially not you know the most um, thoughtful question, (laughs) like it's still still, he's willing to ask it, and that's part of it too. Like he's going to have the conversation with me, and it's that's my responsibility as well to Mm -hmm. not like lash out. mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, Well, on that note, I think that uh, come to a close in our episode, very appropriate. Uh, So I think. Be thoughtful, you know, have context, ask questions, and most importantly, have these conversations. I think the point of this podcast is to encourage people to have these conversations that might be uncomfortable um, on both sides. Um, so be vulnerable, be compassionate, and try and get to know everyone because I think that's the only way we're going to get better is if we have more conversation. So thank you guys both for joining me. Thanks, Thanks for having you. us. Yeah.